0: Welcome to Amici with Josh and Ricardo. Hello, everyone. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, our review of it.
1: Um, I watched it last night, and you watched it. Well, I'm on my fourth watching of it from the premiere night, starting at 2 a.m. in the morning when it premiered. Dude that's crazy that you stayed up that late. <laughs> I did not sleep for 24 hours just to watch this movie. <laughs> and I've watched it 4 times since then. <laughs> Serious, when when you text me, it was
0: what like right around 6. When you yeah. text me that you just finished it, I was checking in or yeah, I was checking in at, at the gym.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, no way. up for that. <laughs> uh, it was intense, but you know what? I enjoyed it. The movie was freaking awesome. Um, I just uh, the wife and the kid are downstairs in the theater right now watching, um, watching it right now. Uh, this was my fourth run, and I left at the uh, theater or not the theater scene the uh, subway scene of it to come make the episode for tonight. So <laughs> excited is not. Is an understatement for what I feel.
0: Well, I need to watch it more than once. I will watch it more than once when I have the time. Um, but I got to say that I really did enjoy the, this new version of it. This is what it what it should have been.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I am. I am. After watching it, I am very confused why they left this on the um, cutting room floor. It makes no sense to me. Um, The movie is superior in every way that I can conceive of, even though it's a four hour runtime. And I understand that that can't happen in a theater. um, But the original idea for it was for it to be about two and a half to three hours. Right. Uh, And that's not unprecedented because Batman v Superman was two and a half hours. Um, And I think they could have shortened it down to two and a half hours or three hours for that matter. Um, But either way, what they produced, what they did with the four hours was astounding. It's a completely different movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of things that I noticed that were different or that, uh, you know, things that I remembered differently from the uh, Joss version uh, that stood out. And there were things that felt like like they should have been there. <laughs> like it, there was there were certain points in the in the movie that just felt natural to watch. Like I seen that I seen that, but I know that it wasn't in the first one. So yeah. you, in a way, it's like you piece together what you should have seen to make it make sense. Yeah. Did any of the since you've watched it more than once? Did any of the the six parts um, or the prologue or even the epilogue, did any of that feel unbalanced to you
1: or yeah, answer that question first. Um, No. And the reason why I felt that none of it felt unbalanced is because you kind of got the direction of what Zach was intending with the four hour show Uh, with a four hour movie. I mean, is that he was trying to give the background to these uh, these additional characters, right? Cyborg, um, The Flash, Aquaman, none of them really got a fair treatment in the first movie. And the way I have come to realize that Zack kind of shoots his movies is that he he has these extended scenes to set a mood, right? He sets the mood, sets the, the mindset of what he's trying to convey in that particular segment. And I felt like, you know, all the different parts of it and the length of this was meant to do that, you know, specifically just to set the mood and introduce um, those other three characters in a way that um, their individual origin movies might not have done.
0: Sure. Going on that, something that you and I have talked about before, I was not impressed with the Flash. <gasps> you did not like him. Hold on, hold on. I was not impressed with him <laughs> in the Joss version. Okay, the theatrical cut. You were the twenty seventeen. I cut. liked. Yes, I actually enjoyed his character more this time around. Ah, I um, told you. <laughs> you, did, you did. You did. I still stand by the whole armor thing. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of his armor design, um, or the design to that to make it look like armor, even if it's not armor, it just reminds me of a power ranger. Yeah. A matte version of the power ranger suit. Um, But either way, as far as his character goes, it was nice to see that fleshed out more. I mean, you got the, you got the gist of it from the first movie. um, But you got to see more of him this time around. And, there was one scene in particular that stuck out from the first movie that Ooh, never happened in this I'm one. I'm
1: hoping. I'm hoping we think of the same scene that we want to talk about. Go, go, go for it. I'm hoping when it's the same fell, scene.
0: Yeah, when he fell on top of Wonder Woman.
1: Oh, okay. All right. No, different scene, but yes, I get it. That movie was that scene was really, really stupid in the first one. You know, I did not. It was not. It was not a good scene to me.
0: Unnecessary sexual hinting. I,
2: I didn't care for it. Character.
0: It was almost like cringy, like what was, when watching yeah. it because you could tell that there was. It was meant to be funny in an uncomfortable way, and. It, w- it was completely unnecessary. It's like watching anime for the story and they throw in fan service. I'm not a fan of that. I want to watch it for what it is. And if you want to watch fan service for a reason, then you go and find uh, anime that's meant to be like that. And then in a way, that's that's what that scene was like in the first one. It was thrown in there, but it, really did, it didn't need to be in there at all. Not at all.
1: Yeah, I, I felt like that scene degraded both characters. It degraded Wonder Woman and it degraded The Flash because while The Flash makes some jokes, he's not an idiot. He's a genius. He's smart, right? And he has a little bit more class than that. And Wonder Woman is a warrior that wouldn't have just... That's, that's just not a way to treat her character, you know? There was no need for that kind of... Um, um, that kind of... Um, Setup. It just, it wasn't necessary. It degraded her character. And that's yeah. that's the other thing, you know, with the Flash, And I, I guess we could go to One Woman afterwards, but one of the things with the Flash in this is that in the 2017 version, the Flash was an idiot. He didn't know how to use his powers, but overall, his character was just this bumbling idiot. Um, he was there for comic relief, but there was no substance to him. This Flash is significantly more intelligent he's aware of his powers he's aware of what he needs to do he's aware of what the stakes are in 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 the movie and in their universe in this time frame right and he still is able to make uh jokes that are appropriate for the scene and uh, appropriate for the character and they make sense i did not laugh at anything that the flash said in the first movie but i'm laughing at the things he said in this movie um just for the fact that they stacked up correctly. He made quips that made sense for what was going on. And they were inappropriate. They they fit the character really well. And he wasn't foolish. You know? Yeah. But the scene that stood out for me, and I think one of the coolest Flash scenes, is not just the last one. The last one is amazing. It's the one, again, in that same um, subway scene, When the 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 bricks start falling on the on the people that are outside, oh yeah! And he runs above them, and he's like, and you see it from the perspective of the people how it looks, and the music of him punching and knocking the rocks sounds almost like a fast paced pong or Tetris noise. It was like, and it was it was such a cool. Blend of his superpower and the music, the musical score, and it that scene puts a smile on my face. I just watched it with the wife, and the wife was like, That was awesome! And I'm like, Yeah, wasn't it? That's so cool.
0: I thought he was going to break that last one until Cyborg came out and did it. You know, yeah. after all that work that he did, I thought he'd get that last one. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> when they were when they were leaving um, the subway or you know when they were leaving the interior and they're going up the stairs and he's zipping around you okay you okay I was expecting him to just like pick somebody grab somebody and bring him out and then go in and grab the next person and bring him out which is what he did in the first movie you know he went in to save each each person and he didn't do that with this one, and I thought that was that was weird that he just motivated them to keep going, but he didn't actually do anything about it.
1: <laughs> so I think that is actually explained subtly, explained without words in the his in his introduction. So Zach and one, of the, I, I was trying to point this out to my wife as well that we started that we noticed is that. It seems like Zack paid careful attention to physically showcasing uh, the Flash's uh, powers in very minute detail, right? You notice that the way he moves is very deliberate and it's very slow when he needs to do um, certain actions. Like, for instance, when he was the scene where he's uh, saving um, um, Iris, right? Yep. He turns and his shoes explode. When he goes to run forward, he goes to touch the glass. You see how his hand comes up and it's like really slow. And then he barely touches it, but the glass is warping. Yeah. Right. And then when he runs out, you see that he's tiptoeing as he runs out. He's not running at full speed. He's tiptoeing because he can't run out at full speed. And as he tiptoes up to her, he gets to her and he turns to the side and he slides just a little bit, but the entire ground is like ripped to shreds. And right. then you see how he's touching her. He's being really, really cautious to like barely touch her, to barely move her body. And I think the reason for it is because he was, Zach was trying to show that he can't just move and touch something. He would break it, he would shatter it with his speed, which is why every time he goes to do an action, he touches it with the fingertip, the sword. He touches it with his fingertip, barely. The mother box. He touches it with his finger, barely. And I think that's why that scene keeps getting shown that way is because he cannot do big actions. Um, Because when he does, like the parademon, that he blasts through the door and Hmm. smatters against the wall. You know, you get what I'm saying. So I think that's why that's why he couldn't do that. He couldn't grab the people and move them is because he would rip them to shreds. Fair point. Okay. that's what, I got from, that's what I got from the movie so far is that there's a, there's a deliberate showing of the fact that he has to be very careful. It actually, um, so I know something that we talked about that you had a contention with was the way he ran. And we both said we didn't like the way he ran. Yeah. After seeing this movie and seeing how he runs, it starts to make sense why he chose to run that way. He can't run-run he has to do this pitter-patter run. So he's moving so quickly that his run is like this deliberate, hoppy, you know, flowy thing. And that's, he runs that way because of the fact that he's moving so quickly that he can't put down full force. And that's what I started to pick up with the way he was running and the way he was doing things and touching things. It's like, oh, it's extremely deliberate. He's, you see him at certain things when he has to make small movements, where he very carefully does it. And it looks weird at first, but he moves very carefully. And then you see him pick up and move around. And it's like, okay, it's being done on purpose.
0: I really didn't notice the wrist snap this time around. I just know it stood out in the first movie, but this one, it really, I didn't notice it if it happened. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you think about Wonder Woman?
0: She held her own. She was very I liked the choreography that they did with her when it came to her her fighting. You know, well her, her combat prowess that she had. Um the the very last sword swipe that she did towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm that was just perfectly timed. You can tell that the way that she was portrayed in this um, and with the rest of the story, she has as an Amazonian, a rep, a reputation. And then the acknowledgement that she's stronger than all of the other ones. It, I liked that she got that kind of recognition because she, she she was. She is. She was pretty badass.
1: I honestly think that so in her first movie when she came out, oh okay, in Batman v Superman she was portrayed as being a warrior really fast and she had that smile in battle. Okay? yeah. But she was fast and she was powerful but she had a little scene. In her first outing, her solo movie the first one, she was also portrayed as learning her powers and but still strong, still fast, and still aggressive, right? In 1984, her fighting and her movements took on this more balletic, you know, floaty, you know, very princessy. It wasn't it didn't showcase her actual power. Now there are some scenes where she did some strong things, but it didn't showcase it. In this movie, I feel like Zach found a balance between showing her as this feminine. You know this feminine, this feminine woman who was also super strong, super um, talented at what she does, assertive, and at the same time, isn't gonna take crap from any man. You know when um, Stephen Wolf tells her, you know, this one is mine, and she's like, I belong to no one. Like, yes, what do you mean I'm yours? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then her her first scene in the movie when. Which, okay, which is a very good telling of the difference between Josh's, the, the 2017 version of the movie versus this one. Um, I sent you that clip where they did the comparison. Yeah. There's so much editing that happened in that first scene. Um, and when you see the differences and you wonder like, okay, why did you change it? You didn't make the scene better, you know? The way she entered the room and the way she looked around and you saw how she focused and the way she hit the enemies and she fought, my God, the way she blocked the bullets and how fast they made her hand look. Because we got to see it from the perspective of a regular person at, at some points. And you see her hand do this blurring like motion as she blocks each individual bullet. And while she's fighting one-handed with one guy, she's blocking bullets with the other hand. And it's like a blaze of speed. And she's blocking these bullets, and it looks magnificent. And it's brutal. Like, everybody in that room died. She's an Amazon. She's not trying to keep them alive. Everybody in that room died, except for the civilians, of course. You know? All the bad guys. And I thought that was a beautiful showcase of her ferocity. And at the same time, she immediately switched after the fight to the more feminine, the more You know, subdued. Not well. I shouldn't say that way because I'm not trying to associate femininity with subduedness, But she became gentle in a way, right? And she showed her humanity immediately after immediate switch. And when she told the young girl, you know, that she can be anything that she wants to be, it's just a beautiful moment. And I'm like, why did you guys cut this out? That I didn't care for that. Which part? When she said that.
0: I didn't why? care for that. Um, why? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just didn't care for that that moment. It was fine that she was making sure she was okay. I, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have an answer. I, I just didn't like it. <laughs> that that That's one weird. little that one little part. I, I, didn't care for it at all. Um, but. It, that scene does help with showing the, the finesse that she has when she fights. She, she's not a brawler. She doesn't go in and she's not attacking pressure points. She, she doesn't fight like Batman, which is very, very different. Um, so you get, you got to see that she, while she has her own style of, you know, tactical fighting, um, there's just a finesse to it. And then, when she's not fighting, she's able to be relatable. Yeah. Well, you know, when she was making sure that all all the, all those kids were okay, you know, she wasn't threatening. She didn't, she didn't pose. She wasn't intimidating to anybody. And that's, that, that's a nice way of seeing her because that's who she is. Um, when we got to, when you showed that video, uh, sent it to me and I watched the the comparison of it. While I understand why it was shortened down in the in the first version, you know, time constraints, understandable. Um, you still got the point across though. You still understood what was going on. You understood there are hostages. You understood that there was a group of guys that were um, armed Um, And you know that there was a bomb with a timer on it. So the point of that scene, I felt still met what it was trying to portray. Zach's was just able to add more content to it. Um, Although the, the way that the bomb blew up at the end or the way that she got rid of the bomb at the end those, that was completely different. And I liked how hers was over the first one. Um, I didn't think that there was any it wasn't a make or break scene. Um to me anyway. Both of them still got the point across. Um, it was just nice to see that there was more content to it uh for the for explanation. A different scene that I thought was really cool was when Steppenwolf had all the arrows in him. Yeah. And he did like that flex. With his armor, and then they yeah. all broke and fell off. I'm like, I w- when that happened, I don't know what I said out loud. Uh, I must, I must have said "wow" or "damn" or I don't know. Yeah. But it was just a a whoa moment when he did that. Like it just, there was no flinching. He just did a oh, and that was it. They all <laughs> fell, they all broke and fell off. And watching his armor move, it was it was alive. I mean, it was. It was really cool to
1: see I like that wolf moment. was uh he was intimidating in this,
0: and he wasn't he felt, a man baby,
1: <laughs> no, and he felt sorry for him, you know, I felt sorry for Steppenwolf wolf not not to the point where I'm like I didn't want him, you know want his end to change, but I felt sorry for him in the sense that he just wanted to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and he had fifty thousand more worlds to conquer in order to even get the chance. That is oh man. But he was yeah. he was powerful though. He was intimidating, he was powerful. His motions were different, the way he moved in the scene was different. Ah, Seven Wolf was Seven Wolf was badass in this. He was. He was. Um what do you think of since so, Batman's your favorite character. What do you think about how he was portrayed?
0: Okay, so there was one scene. Overall, I thought he was fine. I yeah. I like this version of Batman. Um, he's he reminds me of the no. Um, oh, it's just he's just an older Batman, um, well seasoned in what he does. He he knows how to fight. He knows he knows how to intimidate. He knows. He knows what he's what he's doing. Um, but either way. So there was a scene that I thought was kind of stupid and it was, it had, it, it took place on striker's Island and he used his grappling gun to shoot above a door and he was able to swing himself and he kicked one of the parademons, the scouts yeah, and that, and that scout fell down and died and then he just kind of like stood on the catwalk looking down like it was some super cool moment and i really thought that it wasn't it was just we got we got wonder woman running around swinging her sword and shield and doing what she does and all he did was swing in and kick the guy down and i did <laughs> not think he it deserved a moment of showing
1: off <laughs> well, he did. He did wheelhouse kick that same parademon off of the off of the. uh Still, still, awful, I, it didn't he, feel like that. There wasn't he was enough effort. Him fall to his death. That's what it was. <laughs> there wasn't enough effort. <laughs> you know what? You know what I find funny about that scene is that I I said this to you before that what I liked about this is that this is my favorite Batman. He is absolutely badass. Okay. Um. But they made this Batman the leader of the team. You clearly see that they respect him. And at the same time, they were able to show that he was powerful and strong while still showing that he was
3: a human, right? And he was a human in a costume. And that scene that you're talking about, what happens right before that, exemplifies this a lot. All the superpower beings, right? fly in run in or whatever and start killing Parademons. batman swings down drops on top of a parody and he starts doing his martial arts stuff and he's he's rocking people and it looks really dope he's fighting really cool and he tells the flash to go he has this and right after he tells the flash yo you have this the Parademons just start beating his behind, and he gets thrown around the scene, <laughs> and he's just like, Whoa. and he's just getting wrangled, and you're scared, and it, it almost exemplifies the fact that, yeah, he's badass, yeah, he can come in here, yeah, he can whoop up things, but then he's getting thrown around like a ragdoll, getting whooped, and there's much, not much he can do, he's trying to grab his family, I to do things, and then it leads into that, you know, that scene that you're talking about, where he finally
2: grabs hooks, and kicks the yeah uh, Maria and I both said the same thing like
3: wow that was a lot of effort and Maria goes yeah the parent even seems like she even he feels sorry for him and it's going easy
2: (laughs) (laughs) now." so but yeah still
3: that was that was cool you know you know what another scene that exemplifies that as well is uh, the very end of the movie when
1: they're climbing out of the, uh, the nuclear tower, and you see his hand reach up and he's grabbing onto the bank <laughs> the- <laughs> Yes! Uh, he, has,
2: he has
1: this look of I'm struggling here,
3: and he's like, trying to pull himself up. With the grappling gun in the other hand, and Superman reaches down and just pulls him up gently. <laughs> and he looks at Superman like, thank you. <laughs>
0: that yes that part that part was funny to to see that happen yeah. i didn't i don't like how they had them all standing up there though it was kind of corny i think I mean, the whole like the super the superhero posing moment yeah just it works but sometimes sometimes it doesn't like it do, it didn't feel natural it was just <laughs> hey let's all just stand up here yeah, and we're gonna pretend that the the wind load, or you know the the wind that they feel from being that high up, doesn't do anything to them. Right. So I'm sure it's I'm sure it's really high, and I'm sure yeah. it could probably blow somebody over or you know <laughs> off balance. And they're standing on the edge that's what probably two feet thick, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, they don't have a lot of room to to move around. And yeah. out of everybody there. Well, he'd probably be the... Well, he'd use his grappling gun if he fell. (laughs) So I think he'd be okay.
1: (laughs) I did think, uh, what if he blows off when the uh, the airplane comes down and its jet engines turn at them? Yeah, and nothing (laughs) happened. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? That's okay, though. Because Batman did hold his own, and he had some really cool scenes in it. Um, The whole ending, he had some really cool scenes in it. Some good fighting scenes when he uh, swings in and he does his role. And yeah. you know, throws. He had some. He has. He was portrayed well, and I think he has the most superhero shots of everybody in the movie, in terms of like you know the superhero posing moments. Yeah, and they look really really good. Um, they look really cool. Um, let's see who who else who else Aquaman. I liked
0: that they kept his scene in when he's flying. Well, okay. When they arrived, where the power plant was, and he jumps forward, mm-hmm. and then he gets picked up by the two parademons, and he gets flying backwards, way up in the sky. And yeah. then he, you know, he knocks one out, and then he stabs the other one, and he glides down to ride to to ride the body of one of them into the building, and he just destroys the building as he goes through it. Yeah. And then he slides into the street and then he gets off. I liked that scene. I thought that was so cool the first time. So I was glad to see that it came back again. It just,
1: it was just a really cool moment to see that. <laughs> I thought that scene was also cool. And I think what made it cooler for me was that while that scene is almost intact from the, from the theatrical cut, yeah, they got rid of some of the dialogue. That was in the theatrical cut. Well, I shouldn't say get rid of. They didn't. They didn't have the weird dialogue between him and and cyborg, and it made the scene so much better because it just it just he made him it made him look cooler. Um, all the jokey quippy stuff that was there was basically taken out. While he still says "my man," it's set in a different context, and it makes more sense in this context. There, you know, that's going to be a reoccurring theme. There's a lot of things that make more sense in the context of this movie, and I think they did Aquaman justice in terms of he's not he's not a jokey character, though he does some joke things. You know,
2: he does have yeah. some
1: heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, for instance, a, a a joke that's played in when Flash accidentally runs into him, <laughs> uh, <when they're> fighting, <laughs> and he doesn't. He, and doesn't he pointed at him.
2: Yeah, he just pointed it at him.
0: yes. But it was like it a funny? pissed off dad.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but it was hilarious. And the flash is like, I am so sorry.
1: And it's like he just he just looks at him, it's like, oh <laughs> But that scene was hilarious, you know? Yeah. It was hilarious to me. I thought it was funny. Um I loved Mira in this. I know whatever everybody says about her, you know, the, the Aside actresses. from the actress. Yeah, aside of from her that, Yeah. Um her character in this was really cool. Her character all of Aquaman's scenes were much better, much more fleshed out. Mira's cool. The Atlanteans, oh my god. The Atlanteans have their own um their own um language in water. Yeah, Did the clicking. Yeah, it, was, it sounded like uh...
0: Like the way uh, whales and dolphins uh, communicate. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's not like they can just open their mouth and speak
1: words. I thought that was awesome because it's not in Aquaman's movie. They don't talk like that in Aquaman's movie, as far as I remember. So it was really. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that either. So it's really neat to see that when they're underwater it actually sounds like whales and clicking noises that they use as a speech. And you can kind of see the human words that are in it when she tells them to to go or get out. You yeah. know, it's set in like a, the whale high pitch and the click is there, but you can kind of hear the get out kind of thing. It's just elongated. Um, but it was something that I didn't notice on the first watch. I notice it on, the, on like the second watch was like that clicking noise. And I was like, oh my God they actually made their language change when they're in the water, but when she creates the bubbles, they go back to straight, normal dialogue. You know? Yeah. And I thought that was, mm-hmm. that was such a good attention to detail.
0: Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Um,
1: what else? What else was there that's, that was really neat? That I, um, Cyborg? His whole, his whole story...
0: You kind
2: of understand
0: why he was pissed. I liked his story. Yeah. And he, it's that typical teenager, you know, hatred. It's understandable because of the relationship with his father and what happened and everything. Um, But it was nice to see the development of somebody who was so had so much anger towards somebody and then realizing towards the end that had love for them, had love for him.
2: Yeah. I,
1: you saw that it was more like he was, you know, it's not that he hated his dad per se, as much as it was that he always wanted his respect or attention or whatever it is. But in his whole arc, his whole story was basically just removed from the theatrical cut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was. You knew that he was mad because the dad wasn't around. And that's as far as it went.
1: Literally. That's it. You know. So I think that, you know, the way they portrayed him now and the way that he the way the story now fleshes him out a little bit, he's not some generic character. He actually had heart. He actually has, you know, uh, he has an interesting character. He was an interesting character. I would like to see his actual solo movie now because I'd watch it. If it's played like it was played here, I'd watch a solo movie. There was a lot of nitty gritty details that were done with the acting um, that I thought was really neat. And if you pay attention, another thing with uh, similar to... uh, the Atlanteans, the actor who plays Cyborg, did a type of uh, cadence with his speech to make it sound robotic. I don't know if you caught that.
0: Mm, I'm going to say no.
1: There is a was this Was this throughout the movie or was yeah, this a particular spot? Throughout the movie. When he would talk, I don't know how to do it, but it's very. It's like a subtle way of talking. Um, the way he speaks, the cadence for the way he delivers uh, the things that he says, it's very robotic. Not like robotic as in he's talking like a robot. you know. He, he makes a noise and a cadence to it that gives him this robotic feel to him um, that you can tell is deliberately being done. And it's, it's subtle, but it's really, really cool. And I caught it a few times, like really, really, um, like pronounced. It was okay. pronounced. It was pronounced when he was doing the hologram, um, when he was talking to the league on the on the. I don't know if it was the airship or inside the base or whatever. When he was talking to him, and he was doing the hologram, and mm-hmm. if you listen to the way he delivers his lines, he says it in a very. There's a robotic, tonage that he's doing. Um, delivery wise, that he's doing that's really cool. And it makes him sound like, you know, like his character. It, it's cool. I, I think it was really cool. He did a really good job.
0: So clearly, we can both say that this was a more satisfying movie than the first one. Yes. All right. Are you disappointed? <laughs> to know what the epilogue contained knowing that we're not gonna see
1: that yeah in the so be, you know yeah so I' you know I'm trying to be careful while we're talking about it now not to give away much of the movie that people haven't seen if they haven't seen it um, so we're talking about things that were in the original cut uh, but that epilogue those 10 minutes honest to God truth, alone weren't a part two. Um, that was, it was epic. You know, the dialogue, the back and forth, it was epic. The, there was so much said in 10 minutes <laughs> or even I don't mean, even know if it was a full 10 minutes. It might even be less than that. There was so much said in that scene. And what they portrayed You can't say that you don't have curiosity just to see how that plays out.
0: Right. And it it helped, it helped explain, or I shouldn't say explain. It just helped add to the, the meaning behind the flash and Batman versus Superman when he went back in time to Bruce
1: and let him know that Lois Lane is the key. Completely makes sense. People were so lost about that scene. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's, There's a, a reason really, for it. Right. A really good reason
0: for it. Yes. You know? um, okay. Since you're going on about that, the, the, the scene that you saw, Batman versus Superman, very quickly you saw Robin's suit. Yes. And you saw the paint, the graffiti on it. Yes, and there was, from what I remember, there was speculation as to who that particular Robin was, yes. <clears throat> and I seem to remember reading that it was um, Dick's um, suit, not Todd's suit. Yes. Uh, so if I'm wrong on that, I don't, I don't know if I'm wrong on that. I, I might be wrong on that, but that's what I seem to remember reading. But it was never referenced or mentioned anywhere else after that, right. until the epilogue um, touched on it. <laughs> You're trying I, so
3: hard not. to I know, it. I
0: know. <laughs> there was there was another reference to it, and I liked that a lot. It just it, it felt more complete to to hear and to see that something that was referenced before has now not it didn't have closure
1: but it gave more insight to it oh there's gonna be closure because you know what there were some words that were said that should have never been said some people opened their mouth and there's some threats that have been made <laughs> yes yes yo that watching that exchange was so tense i was sitting there like ooh. Oh, it's about to pop off! They are about to go ham on each other. <laughs> there was so much animosity there, and yet we might not get to see it.
0: <laughs> nope. And that's when you—that's when Batman dropped the bomb. The bomb. Yeah, I will. F-
1: oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> People, audience members, we are doing our best not to ruin at least this one scene for you. Okay. This one scene is worth watching in its entirety, on your own, um, as a surprise, as a really good nugget. I know some people probably were saying that it shouldn't have, you know, it was unnecessary to add that that epilogue in. But the epilogue was always going to be there. That scene was always there. The only addition to it was one extra person. Right. Um, and that extra person, that extra two minutes of... Um, uh, added footage which is what they uh what the added footage of the whole thing was that they filmed when they did the uh, added filming that uh, hbo max allowed it was just to film those two minutes for that added extra person um and, wait
0: and wait wait, wait. A- are you is that are you talking about the same scene or are yeah. you talking about a
1: different scene nope same scene okay so hbo allowed zach to add additional footage, they did some. Yes. they did some additional filming. All the additional filming they did, the whole thing was literally just for that extra two minutes. It was just to add that character back in. Um, they did do some voice work to like uh, freshen out the voice um, mm-hmm. for some, for like Wonder Woman, I think, for a scene, um, and some other characters for like a scene. But in terms of added footage to the movie. The only added footage to it was two minutes of that character being added to that scene that was already there.
0: Something to keep in mind about that epilogue, and it, it, it didn't matter too much to me, but it was something that caught. Okay, so in a previous vi- in our previous podcast, we mentioned about our wives. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife watched the whole thing with me which was surprising because she doesn't stay awake for movies. Yeah. Um, and my 10-year-old daughter, she watched it with us too. And there was a comment that was said from my wife about that character saying how she liked the other one better. And I said, well, he's not here anymore, so he can't play that role. Mm, not true anymore. Hold on. I think we're, uh, we're, it, you're not on the same page as me. Got um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is this gonna, is this, is this considered a spoiler? Yeah, it would be considered a spoiler. I, I guess um, that exchange that you we were talking about though, between those two characters, between Batman and another character, um, there was a different, version of that character in a different movie. And that's who she was referencing. So telling her that, you know, that that's not possible. Um, but it, it got me thinking, you know, looking at how he was portrayed, he's not the current timeline version of that character. This is something that was from the future. Right. You know, events, a series of events have already happened, which led up to this individual appearing the way he appeared. Like I I would assume that if it was in present day, he would be more still chaotic in his, in in his appearance, but uh, cleaned up more, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, he wasn't trying to copy that a predecessor, but there was enough there to, um, I believe would have been a different appearance in a present day filming as opposed to a future filming of it or, you know, a a future timeline. Um, But I liked that whole exchange and I liked that that person was able to be there and knowing that there is that frenemy relationship yeah. That has been around for a very long time that has been referenced in previous movies and you know cartoon uh, cartoons where, well, actually, quoting in one of them, it was, you're going to kill me or I'm going to kill you.
1: Either way, this, wow, this is between us. You might as well just say the character's name. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, you might as well just say the character's
0: name. No, it's okay. I'll still keep it. I'll still, I'll still <laughs> not not say that um but either way i mean that's enough about the epilogue i mean uh, well no for one that more scene piece. for
1: that one scene more
2: piece. one okay. more
1: piece about that one more piece there is a statement that is made that i think has a huge impact on 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 our thought processes and okay. it's such a quick statement how many times have they failed Because the statement makes it sound like they have failed multiple times already. Yeah. That where they are in the movie right now, Mm -hmm. what we watched in the movie isn't their first runaround. It's like their third, fourth, fifth, or sixth runaround. That's what it made it sound like. It made it sound like this was not the first time they've had to do what they're doing and i think it's such a small quick one second statement but it matters so much cuz it's like wait a second how many times has he screwed up you know and i think yeah. that's a really, that's a really big thing all right now i'm finished
0: there was a scene in the epilogue that i thought was kind of funny looking which had to do with bruce at his whatever you want to call that uh, cottage that that you know that his side house um, mm. that's in the middle of the forest where he wakes up and yeah. he walks to the to the door that opens on its own but just looking at his his build <laughs> this is just being picky um but looking at his build he didn't look buff like he did in batman versus superman <laughs> but he was you know, that scene where he's working out prepping for that fight with superman and yeah. you know he's he's beating that hammer or the 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 tire and he's pulling the ropes through the water and he's doing those lifts with the, with the weights and chains hanging off of him. Yeah. He was, he was built. I didn't see that when he, when he got out of bed, walking to his door,
2: <laughs> he looked,
0: he, he, he looked like he had a dad bod. It was, you know, he already passed his prime. Yeah. He's got a little thickness to his arms but his belly this lo- lower torso was thicker than his upper torso. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> maybe funny. he just
0: maybe he just couldn't hold that flex for that scene, I don't
2: know.
1: <laughs> no, no, you know, I think he was really built for most of the movie and then, you know, maybe that scene was shot later on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah, it had to have been. Had to have been. But I did like who he met outside. I liked that. That was cool. And I'm glad to see that there was a, that, that character made more than one appearance.
1: Yes. And has been hinted on since Batman V Superman was even shown in Batman V Superman multiple times. We just didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought that was cool. Yep. Sure was. All right. So who, who didn't we talk on?
0: Superman. He's the only one we haven't actually. No, to. and the and the big bad. The I super- wanted to see more. I wanted to see more of him. Which which the big one remember? The big, or bad. Or big bad. Okay, the big bad. Ah, uh, how? What did you feel about him? Well, first, his appearance was awesome. His the his design. He he fit the comic book role. Or I'm the animated movie role he fit that very well yeah. um, i liked i liked his voice which was one thing that i was concerned about because <laughs> i really i've already, i've told you before that i didn't like his voice in apocalypse war i just didn't like his voice and it made sense why i mean i understand he had a lot more dialogue in that movie so they needed yeah. to make him be able to be understood when he spoke. So this movie did a good job with giving that he had that intimidating, overpowering man, man. voice. I, I don't know if it's man voice, but I would let's say it's a man voice.
1: I wish I had that voice. I talk all the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Overall, um,
1: I I liked him. And you can,
0: you can, they showed how menacing he, he was.
1: Dude, he was terrifying and he didn't do anything. (laughs) The whole time he was on screen, every time he was on screen, you're just like, yeah, why are you going to pick a fight with that guy? You know, he reminds me of every bully that you've ever known, ever put into one person and then given steroids, you know, (laughs) he's just, he's terrifying. Which,
0: something about that, something about that character. So, the scene that shared the mother boxes going to Earth, how they got on Earth, okay? Mm -hmm. We already know they're there, so that's not like a spoiler. But how they showed that it got to Earth. And then showed how that, that war ended. I thought it was weird that it was forgotten where that happened.
1: Well, I think at the time he was going around just conquering worlds and they weren't really paying attention. And when they got their butts kicked and they went to another dimension, right? The mother boxes is what allowed them to jump dimensions. And yeah, the mother boxes, the unity allowed them to jump dimensions. And because of that, they didn't know where they had left them. You know, he was basically on the verge of death, and he didn't have any of his powers, because at that time, he didn't have his Omega Beam. He was just a regular... No, I shouldn't say regular. He was a new god, while now as Dark Side, he's, like, a full-on, full-featured god now, you know? He's, like, way more powerful, Yeah, but he forgot. Yeah, I, I can understand... I understand what you're saying. Well, how did they forget where the world was? But supposedly, it's because they're from another universe and the boxes themselves that radiated and called to them, they went to sleep and therefore wasn't calling to them anymore. And that's why they didn't, they couldn't find it because it, it wasn't calling to them.
0: Yeah. I, I just figured that their Google history would have <laughs> kept track of where they were the last time they had them. Right. I mean, right. I'm sure there were coordinates in their GPS somewhere for earth and they just forgot that it was at earth. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. they may, they made a point to say, you know, why wasn't, why did anybody ever come back? And it was because of Superman's presence. I get that. I'm not going to argue that part. That's fine. If you know something there, that's uh that's a threat to you. You're not going to go there. And I, but after the war happened, you know, let's just say shortly after he got he regained consciousness and his health is back, and, it, and you'd think, okay, I want to go back there and I want to finish this. Not never happened. Right. It's just right. let's wait. What five thousand years or whatever the time frame was? It was a real. It was a long time.
1: Um, just forgotten. I mean, okay. yeah, that's okay. I thought the same thing. That didn't make any sense. Uh, how they forgot it either that long maybe maybe i'm missing something maybe
0: i've only had one viewing of it so uh, maybe there's a detail that i'm overlooking that explained that reason why i just figured why won't you go back yeah but other than that it was really cool to see the war happen and (laughs) kind of funny how they decided i i got a lord of the rings feel from it where each race took a box and decided to do what they wanted to do with it. You know, yeah. however way they were going to guard it. Yeah. Um, it's like everybody took their own rings and did what they wanted to do. And then of course, out of the three, humans are the only ones that do something stupid with it, which is let's put it in a hole in the ground and then hope hey. nobody ever finds it.
1: I mean, that was the last ones to find. Okay. They were the last ones. Theirs held out the longest. Okay. Everybody else got stolen before. (laughs) So can't even be mad at the humans. That one did move around
0: because it was dug up. It ended up in somebody's storage and then it moved around from there. So, okay, sure. But we're talking about two other boxes that were heavily protected. They were known their known lo- you know th- their locations were known among those two races for good reason. Yeah, they were stolen first because they were the easiest to get, or those are the ones that woke up uh first. Yeah. I just thought it was weird that the humans decided to just bury it. That's all. That's just <laughs> we're gonna go to the backyard, we're gonna dig a three foot hole and we're gonna set this in and nobody speak of its location ever. Really?
2: Why you don't think in the future afterwards.
0: <laughs> exactly. Nobody speak of this. <laughs> and that's it. I mean it's I don't know. You think future generation they'd want to do something for future generations. We need to keep this protected. We need to this is here for a reason and we need to make right. sure it stays this way. No, we're just going to put in a box or put in the ground and forget it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> way to go humans.
1: <laughs> hey, at least no, at least they didn't do the normal corrupted, you know, seek it for power thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, right. <laughs> um, Wasn't say is that. Okay. So Superman. Yep. My wife think... asked,
0: "Why did he have a black suit?"
1: Because <laughs> they didn't explain it. <laughs> they
2: didn't Not
0: explain the... it. They didn't. Think they, could have. they he just walked past his blue one, and then you he, you saw that he was looking at the next one, and right. then you it's didn't like, okay, see it. Cool. Right, right. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with the suit. I, I actually really liked how that suit looked. Um, yeah. It was. It was. It just if the movie was to explain why he made that choice, that would have been nice. Um, But it didn't. Okay. So why was it chosen to be black? Now is, is this something that was previously referenced some, you know, in a comic or in a, in another movie that I'm not remembering.
1: So, you know, what I think happened with this is There are two parts to it. The first part is that they did the black suit because that's what the comic lore says. And the second part to it is that there is no way to explain in this version of Superman that the black suit allows him to suck in more radiation, which is why he does it in the comics. And the reason for that is they don't know that they get superpowers when they go to Earth correct okay? and because of that how can they then design a suit that's in his ship to come here that allows him to suck in more power now if you remember the house of el had black silver um, suits so on the planet on the on the on the whole planet of krypton at the beginning of man of steel you see that the suits that they wear are this gray and silver look yeah So I'm thinking that that suit was like his father's. And it would have been really, really really cool if in the movie they would have referenced that that suit was his father's suit from the house of L, right? And that would have been a good reference to say why he was wearing it. Because in Man of Steel, their suits on Krypton are silver and black, right? The only colored suits are the ones that he got on Earth and then some of them that were shown inside the ship and all the other suits that are there, but the black and silver suit was his from Krypton. And it was shown in man of steel during the scene where he's falling into the pit of skulls. Yeah. And he wears that black suit in that movie as well. And it fits his father's suit that he wore on Krypton. So that's how I think it was referenced. And that's, I that's why I think they couldn't have said what they said and they did. They just left it out because, well, how are you going to explain that? You know, They they don't know that they get powers on Earth. Um, So why would they make a suit specifically for you to gain more power? No, it's his father's suit. It's what his father wore on Krypton. Um, But I did feel like they should have made some kind of mention of it. Um, They did, you know what? They kind of did do a subtle reference to it, though. Um, What he did after he put the suit on and flew off he flies into space and he flies and faces the sun and starts charging up. Did you notice that? Yeah. So maybe that was their way of referencing it subtly. It,
0: it could have been. Could have been. Yeah. I figured kind of it was enough. just his way of now that he's, he's alive again and now he's going to go find out why he was brought back. He was going to do a quick charge, so he's prepared for whatever is waiting for him.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about Superman in this. I like the character, obviously. You know he's my favorite. Um, I believe that the way they handled the resurrection scene was so much better. I, I'm happy that they took out that Batman scene where he grabs him by the mouth and says, Do you bleed? While it's a good callback to Batman V Superman, <laughs> I always yeah. thought it was a stupid line for the for wow. the character. Yeah, it was extremely stupid. It, it just it was cringe. It didn't work. And then when he and when Batman hits the ground, he goes, "Oh, I'm definitely bleeding." Yeah, that's definitely. bleeding. It's like no, it doesn't fit the character. And the way they did it in this one was so much better. You know, I I thought it was so much better where Batman is there and he's like Clark, no. You know, but then Clark was like, Yeah, no, this isn't Batman v Superman. I'm actually going to try to kill you here. <laughs> and he couldn't really do anything about it. It made more sense. Um, and the way they handled all the other characters and expanded that scene for the fight, Yeah, you know, it, it, it was just a better resurrection scene. It, re- it resonated better by showing more of it um, versus the quick quick cut that we got the first time with the jokes. It was like, it wasn't a scene for jokes. You know, that's stupid. Why are you making jokes there? You know? And the way they did it anyway. the Like, the really corny jokes. The Flash joke made sense because it wasn't really a joke. It literally was just Superman dodging Flash and he runs into Aquaman and they both crash into the thing. The scene ends and Aquaman points at him and Flash just goes, I'm sorry. It makes so much sense for the characters it's a joke, but it wasn't like a blatant,
2: oh my god, yeah, I'm definitely reading. Like definitely forced, waiting. yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't. Um, when they all get obliterated into little bitty pizzas, and Flash really gets to show off. Yes. I'm trying not to ruin it. That brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> yeah. It, it it
0: reminded me of um, uh, the uh, I guess some of this would probably be a spoiler. The End of Apocalypse War. It's been out long enough. You can spoil it. Well, that's that was it. I mean, it was the end of the, what the flash did at the end of apocalypse war. Um, Yeah. Not to the extent of what he did in apocalypse war, but it's the same concept of what he was doing. And finally being able to see him use the speed force, even though he made the rule of not going
1: that fast. And he explains why it happens and it makes sense to real world science. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if, sorry, go ahead. No, what were we going to ask? I wasn't going to ask. I was actually going to move on from there because of the, before he did that, the scene where he was running around a supercharge himself for cyborg. Yeah. Yeah, and he got to his the max speed that he was trying to get to, and he kept yelling at Cyborg, "I can't hold it for much longer. I can't hold no, it." No, he
1: was running out of endurance. He was getting
2: tired.
0: It was, like it he was, was tired. It was. I I liked that. I liked that scene. And then, of course, <laughs> Then he got. Then he got shot. <laughs> it's like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> and he was out of breath. He was like. I think I, when that happened, I think I said, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> all that work that they're doing inside, yeah. <laughs> Cyborg was getting ready, and all he had to say was go. It was Cyborg's fault. <laughs> oh, man. But it was cool to see that he used his super healing his you know speed healing yes. i liked that they showed that cuz I was i've always been a fan of the the flash in the arrowverse um i've always liked how they portrayed the the character and and his his abilities through that series so they never actually well given the the amount of film time that this particular flash has had it was never it was never covered you didn't really know what what his capabilities were other than he can run fast and then he made the comment that he he burns calories like crazy so he's a he's a black hole for snacks and that's as far as it went you know you never really saw anything else or knew anything else about what his capabilities were so so being able to show that outside of speed, he had another ability that was beneficial to him. That was nice. What did you think of the difference between Cyborg and the mother boxes between the two movies? Well, there was a difference on how that was handled.
2: Oh, I you mean
3: that scene where, he's, where he's taking apart the mother Yes. Um, contextually, this makes more sense. Again, everything contextually makes more sense in this movie than um, Sweden's version. Um, There's way too much joking in that scene, in the Sweden version of this movie, that didn't play to what was happening uh, around them. And I felt like the fact that Cyborg had to go into the
1: mother boxes world that interface with it where their consciousness mixed and the boxes try to play a trick on him, you know, to make him feel like he all the things that he wanted, like with his family and everything else like that. Yeah. Was there. And then as he started to separate uh, separate them, you notice that the each individual box was this
3: ghoul female looking ghoul thing. Right? Given the context of why they're called mother boxes.
1: Did you catch the reference? Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. So, I thought the way they handled this one was a little bit more in-depth. They gave it a little bit more character. The stakes were significantly more higher.
3: And, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And the fact that you have uh, dark side as this imposing threat looking on over all of this thing happening,
1: and he's just like watching it going, this man is about to fail, isn't he? He's going to ruin my whole plan for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not even, even going to help him. I'm look at this fool, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I thought I didn't care for the scene when Cyborg was inside the mother boxes. I think that could have been left out. Um Agreed. The whole point was for him to stop the unity and separate the boxes again. That was the whole point of it. So if, they didn't have to show whatever happens on the inside to make it. Now, I know that they referenced it earlier in the movie, so that's why it was shown.
2: Yeah.
0: But again, it, it really didn't need to be shown. And if, if anything, the, the statement that was made earlier on, wouldn't need to be said either it could have been just what the original version did which was the what they needed to do to get it separated so that could have been left that way um although i did i did like the joke in the first one after they separated the boxes you know him and superman separated the boxes and they're both laying there
1: horrible that was that was was funny that was funny I almost turned it off. If I wasn't at the ending, I probably would have turned it off. That's how upsetting that scene made me. I was just like, but why?
0: Because That's of the, the
1: power that,
0: because of the energy that was released when they did that and oh. said that there is whole, oh, that cyborg said that his toes hurt. He didn't even have toes. That was funny. No, that and then Superman said about, about dying. That, that was so cringy. It was I so thought it was funny. funny i thought it was funny but you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. i guess it just showed that how much okay maybe i'm just trying to justify that the joke was appropriate um what kind of energy came out of that you know what they had what they had to put into in order to get the separation to happen um totally not necessary and i am completely okay that it wasn't in the movie but i thought it was funny in the original movie um but i did like that he called that cyborg called him over to to help him again and do the separation itself
1: yeah even the way he calls him over in the first movie he calls him over and he finds over he goes okay what do you want me to do (laughs) (laughs) what you, what are you doing there? You know what you're supposed to do. Look what he's doing. He's I need you to watch here. me do this. <laughs> right in this movie, he calls him over, and he knows exactly what he's doing. He flies in, and he immediately starts pulling it. And I, while I get you, the inside scene was not necessary in this one. I felt like it completed Cyborg's story arc. So yes, that's, that's true. It did. You know, it had so much heart to it. And the fact that he was able to look and see this and go, no, I'm not broken. Yeah. Even in the
0: first movie, they reference that too. They reference about how he does not, well, he was very resentful because he didn't feel that he was a person anymore, that he was a monster. So yes, the acknowledgement that he's no longer a monster that yeah, that did give him the closure. So you are correct. <clears throat> Maybe that could have been shown a different way, but that yeah. did that scene did make
1: sense for that reason. Yeah, it was it was good closure. It was his way of saying goodbye to his mom, goodbye to his dad, both of which are now dead, and, and to himself, <laughs> and himself, who's now the not. former self. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was it was such a. I thought it was such a beautiful way to wrap up his story arc for him to walk up to it and tearfully look and say, after being told by himself that he's broken and that, you know, we can fix you. Right. And then him walking up and saying, but I'm not broken. Ah, it hit the feels. It hit the feels for me. And I was just like, oh, that's so sweet.
0: (laughs) You know who was missing? You know who was missing uh, out of all this? What? that family trapped in the house that was outside that power plant. They were never in it. They were never in it. I know. That's what I'm saying. They were missing because they were in the first one. Oh, (laughs) my God. And And there wasn't a need for the... There wasn't a need for Superman to leave. So in the first one, he arrived at the power plant. Yeah. Did whatever he needed to do for a little bit. And then he left to go help the Flash get people out of there. So while the Flash pushed that truck, the pickup truck, with that family in it, and you know he felt good about it after getting them out of the way. And then here you see Superman carrying an entire apartment complex. Yeah. <laughs> that And then he goes and flies back to finish whatever he needed to do inside the power plant. So I'm glad that that scene that whole section of the, of the movie was gone because it, it, it was irrelevant. There was no need for any of that to happen. We already know that the power plant was, well, in this case it was shown and explained that the power plant uh, due to radiation um, uh, leaking or poisoning or whatever it was due to the radiation from there. Nobody's there. Nobody's around. I mean, they right. even showed like some dead bodies in a car you know, skeletons that were uh, remains because of it so yeah. i can only imagine that after all is said and done there um yeah, maybe in the future that people will come back since since that that fortress that was uh built by steppenwolf absorbed all the radiation in the air yeah see there was a good thing that came out of it
1: yeah and thanks steppenwolf
0: also, <laughs> thank you he was you a made good this, guy the
3: whole time yep yeah.
0: All he all he wants to do is go
1: home, <laughs> right. you know. And what we end up getting in return for that family not being there unnecessarily is a Broly Frieza moment, as Superman <laughs> just sits over um, Stephan Wolf and beats him into the ground repeatedly, nonstop for like two minutes straight. Yep, yep. I mean, yep. It, it was just like continual. It was a continual beatdown. Like, nah, I'm going to keep hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> it was such an insult to injury. He got up so battered and bruised. Um, all right. But we're at an hour and 18 minutes. We probably should, um, you know, we probably should wrap this one up. <laughs> what are you thinking? I think if there's
0: any way of getting a, uh zach to make another movie i think we should uh
1: jump on that i think so too i i think this shows that it really he he did have a really good vision it was a very good movie and i think people are gonna like it and I, I i'm almost positive people are gonna like it more than they like the uh the first one because it i feel it was a better movie while at four hours it was super long and i don't think they can do that in the theaters it still was a better movie
2: I'm going
0: to see if there's a uh, if there's a petition already started for this. Oh, yes, there yes. is. Restore the Snyderverse. Oh yep. man, and then there's another one. Disband the DCEU
1: and demand a restart. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. Probably started by some Marvel fans, I don't know. <laughs> Joking, Marvel fans, I like Marvel movies too. Um, so verdict Josh I'm satisfied with the
0: movie it was good overall it was good little long but that's okay I enjoyed every every minute of those four hours
1: I will say the same enjoyed every minute of the four hours it was very long so that's you know there's no denying that part that part um, but it's a it's a better movie for it um it was beautiful beautifully shot it's it's a good movie it's worth it's worth watching
2: yeah
0: all right well i guess i can close out unless you have anything (laughs) else to say
1: no no i'm good thank you
0: All all right well thank you everyone for joining us on today's episode uh, please reach out if you have any comments, suggestions, or just want to talk about the episode. Um, we do read all comments and messages and would be happy to hear from you. So until next time, this is Amici with Josh and Ricardo.
2: Restart the snack.